Hello world, I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to the 127th Church Mag Podcast. We serve mostly nonprofit ministries with training software to be able to train volunteers and develop leaders. Using technology to make this happen just makes sense. So it really did scratch an itch for me and then scratch an itch for some other folks uh, that I know. Um, Only after that did we kind of look at it as a business. This week's podcast is brought to you by TrainedUp.org. Close the training gap with this awesome online tool as you build online courses to train your church volunteers, develop leaders, equip missionaries, resource pastors in your denomination, teach ministry skills, and much, much more. Start a free trial or schedule a demo, but whatever you do, make sure you try TrainedUp.org. That's TrainedUp.org. This week on the podcast, we hear from Scott Magdalene from TrainedUp.org talking about how to have awesome ministry training for your church, ministry, or nonprofit organization. If you'd like to join the conversation or ask Scott a question, you can use the CMAGCast hashtag, email us directly at podcast at churchmag, or submit your own question by visiting churchmag forward slash riddle me this, and we'll put you in touch with Scott directly. Now, let the fun begin. So, we have Scott here okay well i guess you know what let's get started because i'm afraid of losing the beauty that is spontaneity of the church mag podcast first of all no let's get started welcome to another episode of the church mag podcast we are starting so cold we haven't even done the hello scott nice to meet you scott hello scott that is how off the cuff we are today am i right phil phil and i have fresh cups of coffee so scott if you don't have coffee we apologize yeah my coffee's so fresh scott that i can't even drink it right now it's too hot <laughs> oh snap All right, well, what is your favorite morning beverage or podcast beverage scott oh gosh um probably a cold brew from dose it's a coffee shop in my town so of coffee origin but you prefer the cool brew i do i live in florida so it's mostly hot all the time and oh, um, yeah. i usually run my bike to the to the shop to get some work done in the mornings and so um i wake up kind of throw my clothes on and go and by the time i get there i've got a nice sweat going and it's time for a cold brew so. I, I I understand this feel uh, here in Italy. Uh, it's not uncommon not to have AC and stuff like that. So in the fall and in the winter, I have hot coffee and then towards the end of spring and then the all of summer, um, while I might have a hot cup in the morning, um, in the afternoon, I always, always have a cold brew, no sugar, not even sugar or anything, just, just cold. I just, I don't know. I get it. I get this feel that you have, Scott. <laughs> Yeah, it's delicious. It's like my favorite go-to. Even at Starbucks, I'm not like the go get a like a tall hot coffee kind of guy. I'm like a um, an iced coffee kind of person. So this doesn't offend you. This cold coffee talk does it? Phil? No, not at all. I've, uh, I've had cold coffee. I actually am a big fan of um, of frappes and stuff like that. Which is not really coffee. It's more even more into the the shake dessert category, in my opinion. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I go for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you call it whatever you want. I will not turn a blind eye. Now, to be clear, cold like cold brew or cold coffee is not the same as letting a coffee sit for a while and then it like turns cold. Oh no, 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 no. And difference. it depends on what it is. Like if you're talking about espresso versus American coffee, the results of sitting getting room temperature, the results vary. I didn't know that. So, yeah. Because the, the espresso is so much, such a higher concentration and so much stronger. It has a different, it, it reacts differently. But I'm going to digress for the sake of the podcast. Scott, um, tell us, give us your full name because I've only read it. That's the thing about internet life, right? Like you read people's names, you know it by sight, but to speak it out loud, you know, like five years later, you're like, oh, it's Seth Godin. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been saying it wrong in my head all this time. I know, right? Oh, uh, man, all that conversation I had last year, I totally pronounced it wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, okay, so my name is Scott Magdalene, like Mary, like how most people pronounce Mary in the Bible, Mary Magdalene. Scott Magdalene. Simple enough. Yeah. So, when real quick, when, when, uh, the whole uh, Da Vinci Code thing came out. The folks start pointing at you as proof that it was all true. Yes, I was the descendant of Mary Magdalene. Like, yeah, you're, like you're, are you like the last scion of the family of Christ? Yeah, a few people asked me if I was the Holy Grail, and uh, yeah. this is the cross that Scott bears. People, <laughs> you know, the cross that Scott bears is proof the cross didn't happen. So way to go, Scott! Way to unhinge our gospel story. <laughs> Two thousand years it survived, and then Scott came around and like, "Hey guys, I'm the missing link of uh, I'm the missing link." That's great. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jeremy is going to feel so bad for missing this podcast, so he couldn't have rolled his eyes in real time. As, as Jeremy is our guardrail, and I, I have already pushed us into the ditch. <laughs> ditch? I thought we put it in four wheel drive, Phil. <laughs> All right, Scott. Um, you are from with you are however you want to call it. Your name is synonymous, I suppose, with trained up dot now it's dot org, right? Yeah, it is trained up dot org. Okay. Okay. I, I was clarifying that because uh, a couple of days ago I did trained up dot com to see what happened. And that's not you. So trained up dot org, because you're an organization. If you're an organization, you need to get trained up. Okay. So that's how you can remember it. Trained up dot org. Um Scott Let's just t- tell us about what trainedup.org is. Tell us a little bit about it. And then Phil has a whole huge can of questions to to challenge you with. Yeah. Uh, trainedup.org is a, a cautionary tale about getting your domain name before you choose your name. Um, <laughs> so if you are an industry leader or a, you know, an entrepreneur, don't follow my example. <laughs> like, for example, like, for instance, churchmag.com, um, I've inquired on multiple occasions, and I'm just not willing to put the 5K down for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, like, I did a bid for the .com thing, for trainup.com, and I sent in 2500 and I never heard back. So I'm like, oh, all right, I guess that wasn't good enough. It was an insult. <laughs> um Anyway, um, so uh, trainedup.org does serve um, nonprofit organizations, and so there is a bit of a, you know, um, a benefit there. So we, we serve mostly nonprofit ministries um, with training software to be able to train volunteers and develop leaders. Uh, the training software itself is, um, is really simple to use. It's very, um, it's very flexible, so it can be used in a lot of different situations. And the more that uh, more organizations get on board, the more creativity I see in the body of Christ to how, we, how they can use the um, the platform. Um, but it really is a, a very simple platform to use. Um, and it's mostly used by churches. Definitely probably 90% of our, our, um, users are churches. Uh, and then beyond that, like a uh, parachurch organizations, certifi- like training certification organizations and missions organizations. All right. So let's list off some different ways that we can do it. We can use this thing. Can you use it for something like a Bible study? Okay. It's like, that would be overkill. Eh, I mean, you can, but um, some people use it to teach the Bible. Um, and, and mostly that's um, to extend, you know, to teach more Bible than they could teach like on a Sunday morning or in a, or in, you know, through a class. Um, but Bible studies, eh, I mean, it's, it's a little bit heavy handed. A little probably, bit heavy handed. Okay. Like putting on a, putting on a marshmallow hot fire with a fire hose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sort of. Okay. Phil, I realize we went in the ditch. We put in four wheel drive, but at least help us find the trail here, buddy. Okay. So well, um, that's why you made that analogy there. Was, that was a <laughs> stunning analogy that I just threw out there randomly. It was stunning. All right. Okay. So 
<laughs> okay, so I'm just trying to give a context so people can kind of have an, have an idea of how powerful this tool is because we've seen tools, online tools, that you can kind of create your own curriculum and stuff like that. And they say training, but the fact that you can use it for Bible study and stuff tells me it isn't quite as um, focused as maybe what trained up might be. So g- give us some, some uh, like like your sound team, would you be able to do like training for that? Yes. Yeah. So that's exactly where the, like the sweet spot of trained up is it's um, built for or designed for best for um, teaching skills and that are kind of somewhat complicated or teaching large um, kind of chunks of information to onboard a new volunteer to kind of a technical role or a role where they need to know a lot before they can even start serving. So it's not great for, you know, maybe teaching people how to park cars, um, you know, how to be like a, like a, uh, what's it called? A driveway, not driveway, uh, a parking lot, a hand waver person. Um, but it is really effective. Parking lot tendon. Is, is that what it is? Valet. Do we have valets at churches yet? Uh, we got, we've just got parking lot um, workers. We just call them. Or, yeah. You could just call them parking Phil, why don't you come up with a cool name? Um, because it's four people. And they're also ushers and hosts. So they just usually identify as like, I'm a host, but today I work in the parking lot. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So actually it would be good for that situation because there's lots of different things they need to know. So there's probably, you know, they're probably preparing coffee one week and, you know, cutting up bagels another week or, um, you know, cleaning the lobby another week. So there's probably a lot of different things they should know. And so this trained up would actually help to train all those folks in the host or, you know, the hospitality kind of space. I can, I can tell by the way you're cutting that bagel that clearly you have not fil- finished your trained up.org. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, it does lead to that of like, oh, he's doing it wrong. Like he's the one guy who didn't finish the course before he started. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Although (laughs) cutting a bagel right um, would be a really sad indicator um, that you finished the course. That's all what it was. So Um, let's just. Did did you not know that there's special ways to cut the bagel? Pardon? Well, okay. (laughs) I said, do you not realize the importance of how you cut the bagel, Scott? No, I mean. We're talking about bagels here, man. We're we're okay with multiple ways of cutting bagels at my church, but not all churches are the same. So. Yeah, that's a doctrinal issue, sir. Yeah. And that's not something I would break fellowship over. That goes back back to reformed Armenian theology. Would reformed be multigrain? How do you think that works, plays out? Because I'm pretty sure charismatics allow frosting. Reform would be cut it in half and that's it. And then Armenians are so diverse. You can cut it in half. You can cut it into bagel bits. You can cut it, you know, into, into eighths. They don't care. Pentecostals, you just throw it in the air and just swing a knife around and see what happens. Now who's derailing it? I do I feel am. like we should assign bagel flavors to denominations. That would be helpful. Asiago cheese, I think, is uh, that's Pentecostals because it's got a little bite to it. It's not savory. It's not sweet. It's random. It's kind of a weird taste pretty fun yeah that's us that's many castles hey so scott let's let's go back on, t- on topic here um let's let's so tr- so trained up seems like it's pretty well focused as an inf- information dissemination tool for um for volunteers so for example if i wanted to do um a um a strange uh, um stranger danger style training for all my volunteers like how do, what what to watch out for regarding you know um threats 
Yeah, well, or my ushers too, though, because my ushers are like my eyes and ears in a foyer. So I do a training like for my police department. How I, so? For example, let's say my um, local police department comes to me and says, "Hey, we're training all the churches in threat assessment, just some basic stuff. We want to do a training for your people. How can I incorporate that into trainedup.org? Because that actually has happened in our church." Yeah, that's a great example um, of one that would be really valuable for your church to um, have available to them. Um, so how you would do that is you would probably plan it out, um, start with an outline of what, the, what you want them to learn. You'd ad- identify the different people that need to be called in for that training to, to actually produce the training itself. So you might um, you know, get your children's pastor and your youth pastor and maybe, maybe a police officer in your church to come and participate in creating the, the trainings themselves. Um, and then you'd have like a little studio or you could even, I mean, a lot of people just use their iPhones. I mean, iPhones shoot at great quality now, as long as there's good lighting uh, and decent sound or, or at, least, at least a quiet room. Um, you can record some decent video footage. That's just training videos with each one of your pers- of your, of your trainers. Um, and then you take those videos and you put them in trained up, add a couple of questions to make sure to do a couple of things to, to make sure that they watch the video. So they watch a video, answer a couple of questions. So it kind of assesses their understanding. And it also does uh, another thing. It helps them to, to helps to reinforce the main points, like the things that you really want them to learn. So you ask those questions about the, the main points of the video and it kind of gets a double hit on the learning scale. Um, and then once they've completed that page, they go to the next page and there's another video, a couple, a couple more questions. And so there's this linear process of learning where learning can build on previous learning. And, um, and once they're done, they get a nice certificate. The, uh, the leader on the course, the staff member, whoever gets in the email saying Joe, Joe Schmo's done with the course and he's ready to, you know, be a, a lobby security guard or whatever. Um, and everybody's happy and they were able to do it on their own time instead of having to come up to a, uh, to the church building for another training event. Nice. I, I think that that is probably the number one thing that I love about that. I, I was talking to a uh, a friend of mine who is part of a church plant in uh, in uh, in Michigan, and he was talking about these weekly leadership meetings they were having, and the, the meetings lasted about forty minutes to an hour long every week, and you know everyone has to drive there, and when you and and when you think about time and resources, especially in the kingdom. Let's say you have a team of 10 people or you have, you know, 10 people that need that, that you want to have take this like security course. We'll, we'll stick with, with Phil's example and, and instead of using a whole new other example of mine. Um, 10 people need to come. It takes them all a half hour to drive there and maybe go home. Maybe they're only 15 minutes away from church, which is pretty close, right? And so you're, you're looking at, you're looking at five hours of car time because you have 10 people, Right. Okay, and so that is a lot of time for somebody to just to be driving. All right. And then just to get everybody there at the same time. Now, the person, you know, doing doing the instruction, they only do it once no matter what. But at the same time, they can do it on their time as well. You know, they can do it from home or or wherever they need to be. Or, you know, Phil is to school early. And so he, you know, prepares some of the lesson. He records it or types it out or whatever. And he puts it up on there to build the course. And so it's just, it saves so much time all around. You know, there's no coordinating of schedules, et cetera, et cetera. So it is really... um the whatever cost we haven't gotten to the cost of this thing the, the cost that it may that that it may 
B to sign up for and to use the service is easily saved in the amount of uh, peripheral costs that are spent to get everybody there at the same time to do this one thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, so so there's there's a ton of arguments to be made in favor of doing online training and not necessarily even just using trained up because there's a bunch of different ways to be able to do online training. Some are easy, some are hard, some are you know built specifically for this kind of thing and some are you have to kind of modify it to fit your needs. But the, the argument for providing a lot of this skills training and just plain knowledge training for volunteers or leaders, um, doing it online is huge. So there's drive time. There's, you know, do we respect our people's time? There's, you know, church calendar. How much, how many things are we going to put on our church calendar and fill up, you know, our, the, 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 the work week or the, the, the weekend for our parishioners? And if we're big on parishioners spending time with their neighbors and with their families, why are we putting so many events on the schedule to make, you know, kind of force them to come to the church building? Um, if you're a church plant and you only have access to your facility on Sunday mornings because you're portable, it's tough to do church um, uh, volunteer training or any kind of training that's non-Sunday morning um, because you don't have a facility for it. And um, there's a lot of church plants that don't have an office and they just rent a, a Sunday morning facility. So that's tough. Um, if you're a church of five, eight hundred, you know your training events don't get um, uh, don't get great uh, attendance. And so, let's say you have those ten people that need to come to that training, but maybe only seven show up. You got three people who are untrained, but you need them to be in the role. And so, what do you do with those three people? Do you sit down and have coffee with them? Try to schedule another event for them. Um, so that's that's another challenge. And then, of course, you get even bigger. You get into the multi-site churches where you need to have training that's consistent across all campuses. Um, and to be able to have that kind of consistency, do you have one training at one campus and so everybody has to drive a long way? Or do you try to have like some kind of consistent curriculum that's consistent across the campuses but still have multiple training events at all the campuses? It just gets really hairy in every situation. And um, using technology to to, to, to make this happen just makes sense. Right. And a lot of churches struggle with having enough volunteers. Phil can testify to this. Getting volunteers isn't easy. And so by doing this, oftentimes you can really lower the threshold of entry and it can really help you retain and get new volunteers by simply making the onboarding process easier. Yeah, exactly. And so, and that's another thing is lowering the the threshold for entry. And a lot of people think, well, that lowers the bar of quality, right? Like, well, they're not as committed if you have to, if they wouldn't show up to an event. I think that's a terrible marker of someone's worth as a volunteer to say, well, if they don't, if they are not able to show up to a a volunteer training event, then they're not good to um, volunteer on Sunday mornings. Um, And with, with busy schedules and with families and and all this kind of stuff, it's, uh, I think it's unfair to people to say you have to show up to be able to qualify, to be able to serve your church. I've had folks who can't, who can't show up for a Saturday training, but they, because they work Saturdays, but they're off on Sundays. They can be there to volunteer. They just can't be there to be trained. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah, perfect sense to me. Um, so let's, let's talk about um, some of the features of uh, trained up. Um, so like, for example, if a church uses a, um, a church management system, does that, can that kind of tie into trained up or is there um, what's like, uh, if, for example, if you've got, um, if you already have an established ministry of like 50 volunteers, how, what's, how do you get their account access set up? What's walk us through some of the process there. Yeah, that's really simple. Actually, getting people into your system um, is as simple as sending them a link to your um, trained up account. And uh, um, so, for example, let's say, again, the security thing, you got 10 people you want to get into the security um, flow and you want to get them trained in the next two weeks or whatever. All you do is once you've got that course set up, that course itself has its own URL. So you can take that URL, 
and send that in an email or a text message or whatever to all 10 people, they go and they sign themselves up. So they hit the page, they see what the course is about. Um, they decide um, if they want to you know, jump in and learn or when they want to jump in and learn. And they just click the sign up button. It gives them a little uh, UI to be able to put their name, and their username, their email, password, and it automatically enrolls them and they can start learning right away. So there's no, there's no import of users. There's no like kind of having to sync it with an existing user list. It's just send an email with a URL and let them jump in. Okay. That makes that, that sounds a lot easier than, than some, some systems I've seen. Um, I see on the, uh, on the professional and uh, the mega, you've got this. Uh, you got API connections listed five for professional and unlimited for mega. What APIs do you, uh, you guys offer for these? Yeah, we, work, we just connect through Zapier. So Zapier is five hundred or so different connections. Um, you can connect. We'll, we'll connect your your uh, account and to, with some webhooks to just about anything in Zapier. So a lot of people will use that for um, to trigger specific actions, like say in Mailchimp, when somebody finishes a course. A little webhook will fire, and it'll trigger that person's email to be dropped into a new list in Mailchimp, and trigger a, a new workflow, like a new email workflow in Mailchimp. That's a, nice. a common one. Okay, I I hate to ask this, Scott, but what does this thing cost to use for orgs, churches, all that stuff? Oh yeah, so actually, I love talking about how much it costs because it's because um, it's really inexpensive, and I usually get kind of a wide-eyed. Really, is that it? Are there like hidden costs kind of thing? Um, so it's forty nine dollars a month, and it's virtually unlimited for churches under a thousand. Um, so the idea behind our pricing is that it's based on the number of active users per month. So you can have, oh, sorry, the, 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 the number of active users per month on the $50 or $49 a month package, which is our basic is a hundred. And so if you have 90 people active in a month, then you're still good on that account or that level. Um, you could have 500 people in your system, but if only 90 people are active in a given month, then you're still good on that basic level. Oh, that, that sounds awesome. So these are soft limits. So let's say, and we do the kind of um, the limiting based on a three month average. So let's say you are a church of a thousand and you've got 500 people in your system in June, there's like almost no training that happens. And so you maybe had 25 or 30 people in there, uh, July and August, you have a spike. And so you have a couple hundred people in your account being active and learning to get ready for the fall. Maybe there's some new curriculum or there's new kind of privacy policies or safety policies for children's workers. And so in June and August or July and August, you have a bunch of people, but we do a three month average. So you have to be over that limit for three months before you get a call from us. And that's another thing is that it's a soft limit. It's not a hard limit. So you're not actually going to be limited on the number of people that you can have active in your account. Um, You'll just get a call from us after three months of consistently being over that limit. So we actually give you that three months of free pro, if you will. Um, and if you kind of back down after that, then you're still ba- on basic and no harm, no foul. So it's, it's more for um, we want to be able to give ministries the ability to have and be able to swallow those spikes in training, which typically happen in churches without having to like manage their payment account and see, you know, well, we got to upgrade and somebody remember to downgrade in September. Kind of yeah, thing. which is which is huge because anyone working with, with the church of just about any size, there are the wheels of, of bureaucracy. I mean, I don't say that in an, in a negative way at all, but you know, people have responsibilities, decisions have to be made and it, it can be difficult oftentimes to, to make that quick, that quick flip. Am I right, Phil? Well, I'll put it like this. I work for a school and I also work for a church. Okay. And you know, it's, it's a tough contest to see who works slower. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, just, that's, that's just the nature of the beast. It's not yeah, a criticism. Yeah, yeah. It's just how it exactly. is. Exactly. 
Exactly. And a lot of times, and also just knowing, you know, how church budgets work, there's that, there's like a margin mm-hmm. uh, or a threshold for when a minister has to get approval for a, for an expenditure. And so usually that's between like 50 and a hundred dollars. And so we put that basic package right under $50. That way they don't have to run it up the flagpole. They don't have to sit in a committee meeting to get approval for a, you know, a new piece of software they want to use. They can just whip out the credit card and, and make the, the payment right away. I, I see this, you know, and I can see that, that as church staff, and, and ministry leaders get familiar with the, the the service. So if you decide that you said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this. We're going to use it for ministry X and Y. I, I think that eventually you're going to be using it for X, Y, Z and ABC ministries because you're going to find that even little quick um, how-to updates or we're going to implement this new check-in system or, uh, by the way, when we're, when we're signing parents in, we also need to ask these new three questions or just little blips like that. How what a great way to disseminate that information without having always having meetings going on or so much better than like an email blast, right? Because who's going to email that? At least with this, you know, they have to, you know, go through, read it, watch it, whatever, answer a few questions, you know, and, and, and they know what they're, they're getting into and you're able to disseminate that, that information quickly and easily. And you know, who's gotten it and who hasn't, et cetera, so much more efficiently than, than a lot of the processes that we're currently using. Yeah, I completely agree. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so what do you think, Phil? So, okay. Okay. I'm, now go. Answer, I, I, answer. I, sounds great to me. I'm, I'm really, um, it's interesting. I was actually just looking at a similar service earlier this week that specializes in, um, in curriculum. So like they actually have like built in lessons for discipleship and that kind of thing. So I, I think, I feel like this is way more on the actual quote unquote training end of things for like volunteers. Um, but the you could probably I'm I'm speculating here and tell me if I'm wrong here, Scott, but it feels like you could probably use it for a little bit of uh of quote unquote teaching, but it does seem a little more training um oriented. I do like I'm looking at the features and the pricing breakdown. So there's the uh, the the beginner and the professional. I think most churches could probably get what they need right there. But if you're a larger church, there's the mega option for $5,000 a year. And I love, Eric, I'm not sure if you saw this or not, but the bottom feature is the CEO's mobile number. And that is awesome. Yes. Yes, it is. So for, for, for mere $5,000, you can get the CEO's mobile number, which that just sounds fantastic. Okay. Okay. So so if I – $5,000 a year, I can just call you whenever I want? You can. I do counseling, marriage counseling. Um, I will uh, help you understand uh, – I don't even – I don't even need trained up, and I'm tempted. Yeah. Scott. Hey, Scott, real quick. Are you, uh, are you, are you a married man? I am, yeah, 11 years. Okay. You totally, uh, that's, first off, congratulations. That's great. Okay. But you've totally missed an opportunity here because if you were a single man, just pass your number to, to a young lady and say, hey, that number there, it's worth five grand a year. <laughs> Those are some expensive digits. Don't waste them. Don't waste them. <laughs> I, I think it's very cool. But that, uh, Scott, that, seriously, that is very cool. It's a, that's a real commitment to your product there that you, would quote unquote risk having your your phone number out there? Um, no, all joking aside, it's not like five grand just gives you his phone number. That's like that's like one of the ultimate features of if you're a big church. So right, right, but that, but that's that commitment there. It's like uh, we spend we uh, my church have us uh, we have a you know, CMHS. So we spend five grand a year on uh, on that you know for attendance and contributions and stuff. So it's worth the expenditure. But we had a few times where a problem crept up and not many, there've been very few and far between problems, but we had, we had one problem that was really annoying us. And if I had the CEO's number, 
yeah. I would have called them, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's it. I mean, we really believe in, um, in uh, customer service as being kind of our pre, one of our pre premier, premier, premier feature. What the, what the word? Our biggest, most important features. Yes. You know, both, both. Both you 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 are it's so important to you that it's both the right, premiere yeah. and the, the <laughs> yeah, premiere. So I mean, what? so as a you know as a pastor myself, I'm a college pastor, and one of the most frustrating things is trying to get my job done, and then something breaks, and I have to submit a ticket through some ticketing system. Um, I, I mean, I can't stand ticketing systems, and so I, I know it goes into a queue. I've, I've worked customer service at tech companies before, and it goes into a queue, and somebody grabs it, kind of thing. And so, what we do is we provide, of course, at the mega level, your my cell phone number. A lot of people at the professional level have my cell phone number too. You know, if they have if they've had a question and it's urgent, I say instead of like trying to just email back and forth or chat, I just say, "Hey, pick up the phone, call me, and I give them my, my number." Um, but the um, uh, but everybody has access to our chat support, so anybody can chat one of anybody in the company. So whoever's available in the company will pick up a chat immediately. They're mostly during working hours, but sometimes, you know, I'm on my computer at, you know, at night and I'll pick it up anyway. And so um, the customer support is really important to us to, to, to make sure that churches don't just have the tools, but they have the, the, like the team around them to help it get it done. Most of the questions that we get aren't related to bugs because our system is really solid right now. Like we have very few bugs in the system. Um, most of the questions are related to how do I do something? Like how do I, what's the best way to, to structure a course or, you know, what's the, what's a good way to get some, uh, get video recorded, but I don't have a, 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 you know, a nice rig. So there's those kind of questions are mostly what we answer on our support channels. Um, but some of those bigger companies or bigger churches, um, larger organizations really need that phone number. Cause if you have an issue with like the system, if you have a, you know, I have a, someone who's trying to log in, and it's not working for them. That's a problem. You know, that's a problem that's on a big scale. And so as a, as a, as a ministry leader at that scale, if I have one person that can't log in, I'm looking at maybe 200 people that are might be having problems that are not telling me that they're having problems. So to be able to get the phone number of the person who can fix that in a hurry is really valuable. That's awesome. That shows that shows a level of commitment and also a confidence in your product that most companies just don't have. Yeah, and what's great about having the CEO's phone number at trained up is that the CEO is also the guy who wrote most of the code. So, <laughs> so you're not so you're not having to like get a hold of the CEO and then he's having to like call some developer kind of thing. Um, do, you, do, like, you ever, do you ever do you ever just install immediately um, and and solve a problem or troubleshoot right there? So. Do you ever deflect sometimes when someone calls you the problem? And you're like, I, you're thinking, I have no idea what he's talking about. You know what? Let me go down the hold of the tech department real quick, and uh, I'll get. Let me see what I can t- find out real quick. You put the phone on hold. <laughs> yeah. and you just walk down the hallway to your to your, to your office. <laughs> no, well, a while ago, I think maybe like in the spring, like March or April, uh, we have another um, tool called Impart, and um, and uh, there was a time that Impart had some cookie issues with logins, and so it would, you know, you log in and then you do a couple things, and it would, you know, the page would refresh and you have to log in again. It would just wasn't holding cookies, and so I hadn't written that part, and so I like I got a phone call from somebody, and they were like, "Hey, what's up with the you know the login stuff?" Uh, and this is after a couple of text messages, and. Um, and uh, I had to defer it to Jared, um, the guy who wrote that code. He's a lead developer on the team now. Um, and so I did have to defer that because I honestly just had no clue. <laughs> no clue what's going on with that. And uh, as, a, as a programmer, I didn't want to tread in somebody else's code when they knew exactly what was going on. So, Scott, we all have some level of, of cookie issues. <laughs> I, yeah, I, got, I, got a, I got a pack of chips ahoy in the kitchen calling my name. It's not, it's not even 8 o'clock in the morning yet here, and I'm like, I got some cookies to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Bill. Yeah, that was creepy, Eric. So, so the problem Scott, with me is that no, cookies don't 
like not stick. It's that the cookies do stick. That's the problem. Oh, I they definitely stick. Yeah. Oh. Hey, so Scott, yeah. did, <laughs> a lot of these companies, nice products. Um, I don't want to lump you in with others, but a lot of these kind of startups start from, um, they start either from a perceived need or an experienced need. Did you see this need or did this, this come up for you in your own ministry? Yeah. So I started this because I was a pastor. I've been a pastor for 13 years or something like that. And, um, and I had a need of training volunteers, but I didn't, and I'm, a, I'm, I don't, I'm the least person that loves church meetings. I hate church meetings. I love church fellowship. I love, you know, sitting around a table and eating a meal together. But when it comes to big meetings, I hate trying to get everybody there for a meeting. Um, and so last summer, um, I was sitting on the beach and you know, having a little vacation and was off for the week and I was not doing any work work, but I wanted, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a programmer. I like to build stuff. And so, um, I thought to myself, what can I build just to solve my own problem? And so we built trained up or I built trained up that week, um, uh, during nap times, during my kids' nap times. Um, and it was very basic, um, but it solved my problem wonderfully. Uh, it was perfect. Exactly what I needed. Um, and I came back and, um, used it for a little while. And then a couple of friends of mine who are pastors, they wanted to use it after I told them about it. And, uh, then it kind of became a, a business, uh, probably four or five months later after I built it for myself. Um, so it really did scratch an itch for me and then scratch an itch for some other folks uh, that I know. Um, and only after nice. that did we kind of look at it as a business. So. Nice. Well, I, I tell you what, if anyone is thinking that they might need this in the least bit, I can imagine that, that they're going to want to go on and, and sign up. I, I know you have free trials. You can schedule demos. So there's really the – we were talking earlier about the threshold of entry. The threshold of entry on this is really, really low. So go to trainedup.org. Go check it out. Sign up for a free trial, get a demo, whatever you're the most comfortable with. Cause it, you know, you might do the free trial and be like, this is kind of overwhelming. Then sign up for a demo and, you know, Scott or somebody from trained up will, will um, help you out. If, if this is the first time you've heard about a tool like this, and so this is kind of a fresh concept, keep thinking about it because I think what you're going to find is that you could really benefit from this. This is one of those tools. I think where once you start using it, you have that feeling of, how did we ever do this before? That's good. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I, and let, me, let me just kind of echo that and say, and, and go ahead and sign up for a demo first. Um, don't do the free trial first. Uh, Cause I would love to talk to whoever it is that's out there listening in podcast land. Um, Cause a lot of times, you know, they'll sign up for a demo and realize this doesn't solve the problem that I have. And so what I like to do in demos is some, and of course we show in the product and kind of click around, but I like to, um, troubleshoot with them. A lot of church ministries have challenges that aren't solvable by um, by technology. They're more leadership problems. And so um, sometimes trained up isn't right for every ministry. So I like to have those demos just to be able to talk to people and kind of head them off before they get into a, um, you know, sign up for one more tool kind of thing. Podcast land. I like that. We, we should talk to Jeremy about that, Phil. Call it referred to as podcast land and the listeners as the podcast landers. What do you think? <laughs> I I don't know how, how I think about that because think about it. Have a chip ahoy, and and think about it. <laughs> All right, are you trying to pacify me with cookies? Is that, is that your maybe, maybe not. Okay, mistakes were made. <laughs> that that's the tagline of every episode. <laughs> it's be our new byline: the Church Mag Podcast. Mistakes yeah. were made. So, Scott, if we're going to summarize uh, Trained Up or like uh, perhaps not the software itself, but more maybe the mission of the company, what's your what, – how would you sum it up? Yeah, we um, we want to make sure uh, help churches really do really good at training. So it's 
um, it's not really complicated. It's not really highfalutin or, you know, big vision to change the world and move the world to John Lane training. Well, it's it, just might not be, it might not be highfalutin, but it sure is bona fide. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I'm, I'm, I'm in exploring your website, and I love this line on the front, front page. Uh, you know, build, build online courses to train your church, develop leaders, equip missionaries, resource pastors in your denomination. I think that's a huge one. Um, you know, so, so many denominations mm-hmm. are so loosely organized or well, some of, some are so tightly organized. They're micromanaged. Yeah. Seriously. But some are so loose. Scott could, could not like a denomination or like a region denomination, like the South Texas Baptist convention. Okay, I just made that up. Might be real. I don't know. Let's say they have like 10, 15, 20 churches. Could they not do like the mega get your phone number pack and then those under it can try it out and use it or use it regularly? To, you know, clearly if they're under the user base and the restrictions, but could they not share a license like that or not? How do you license it? Yeah, they it? could. Um, it's not really a license. It's more just like sign up for an account. Um so I guess it is a license, but I mean, it's, it's, it's typically designed for, you know, each organization to have their own account. Um, but denominations can use it for, with multiple churches. Um, so we love, we have a couple of uh, like local denominations, like city, uh, what we call them associations in the Southern Baptist convention. And so we, um, you know, they use it for equipping all those churches and then those churches will reuse it to, to take that training and give it to somebody in their church. And so they have their church parishioners go to the denominations training site. That doesn't bother me at all. Like I, I, I that means that the, the local denomination is doing a great job of equipping their churches and giving their churches resources. So if they want, you know, if a denomination wants to have 15 churches in there taking really co- like all kind of standardized common training across the board, that's a win. Like, and then they save some money and they're all getting equipped. So our, 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 our mission is really not to get rich. Um, we have it priced really low. It's about a, a 25% or quarter of the cost of t- typical learning management systems of this caliber. Um, it's m- more brandable than any other learning management system out there. It's open and shut. You just, I guess not open and shut. It's turnkey. So, you know, you sign up and start using it. Um, our, our mission really is to help churches train better. And um, and if that means a denomination is using it uh, with a bunch of churches, awesome. If that means a small church is using it with a handful of people, great. If there's a, a massive mega church that's using it with thousands of people, excellent. Um, it, it, it's, it's all kind of, um, it's all a win to me. Are you going to, are you going to sign up, Phil? Well, I don't make those decisions, but I'm going to definitely bring it to my lead pastor. And actually, um, I'm going to bring it to the head of my state denomination. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Who is, who is my dad, so that helps. Yeah. <laughs> my dad. <laughs> so, so hey, Dad. I'm going to cool. stand up and walk out of my room and go tell my dad about it. Dad, Scott is so cool. He, he'll even give you his phone number. <laughs> He's probably in Chicago this weekend because he travels from Chicago to Cairo pretty much every other week. Just covering the whole, covering the, covering the whole sneaking state. Just make sure you don't have any chocolate chip cookies on your shirt when you go talk to him about it. If I do, he'll just he'll like you got a cookie on you, son. Hand it over. <laughs> where the where the chips ahoy, Phil? Yeah. How many times do I have to tell you? I'll just I'll just send a care package to his office with a little note. Dad, go to this website as you snack on these cookies. Don't tell mom. Cookie training. Okay, trainedup.org because you're an organization and you want to be organized, so you go to trainedup. Dot org. It's that easy, right, Scott? It's that easy. Yeah. It's, it's you tried that joke twice now, Eric, and didn't land any of your time. Well, I really wasn't going for a joke as much as I want people to know to go to trainedup.org. <laughs> I requested it. This is like ridiculous product placement. <laughs> product placement. Can you just hear the flashing arrows, Phil? I just don't know how you're going to edit this podcast up because... You, you, know, know, you know how I'll do it, Phil? How's that? I, I just won't edit it. There you go. I'm just going to release it. It'll just be a mess.
send us an email, subscribe, or search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's churchmag, churchm.ag. And while you're hanging out on Church Mag, send us a message and subscribe to the Church Mag Podcast so you can receive an early release of the show every Friday. Oh, also, we really like iTunes reviews. Until next week. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com.